those who know and should see have a greater responsibility, right? And so this even makes me think of us and what's to come, that we have this burden and responsibility on recognizing that when it comes because we can't be blind to it because he's given us, he says constantly, he's given us all we need to know. He shows us and tells us that there is a, a big burden on those he's given this gift to. There's a big responsibility. And so they're bearing the greater sin because he went in front of them. He showed them miracles. He fulfilled prophecies. He fulfilled scriptures. And they went, nope, we don't want you. Hi there, and thanks for choosing Study with Friends. We're a weekly Bible study whose goal is to encourage women to be more like Jesus through the study of His Word. I'm Paige, and we're currently finishing up our series on Holy Week. As always, if you'd like the homework or to re-listen to any part of this series, you can find them on our website, studywithfriends.org. Now let's begin today's lesson. All right, ladies, so we are moving on to our last day, Christ's death. And this is a big day. Um, as I read it, I don't know how your hearts and emotions were through it, but as I read it, uh, I just, I'm always amazed by it. Before we go into any of the readings, what were your thoughts on last day? I don't know if this is normal, but every year when you get to, you know it's coming. Yeah. You get to this point and it's, it's heavy. Yeah. It, weighs, it weighs on me. It's like, you know he has to do this. He doesn't want to do this. Um, you don't want him to face this. Yeah. You, must, you, almost, you, want, you know the story, but you're like, I, it, it needs to, it's going to be different this time. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it's still going to have the same outcome. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. How, how, how can we, and I think that like us relating to Jesus, we know how deeply he wanted it to be different. Um, man, couldn't we just be better? Couldn't Judas just be better mm-hmm. and not do this? Couldn't the Pharisees really see who Jesus really is? So I approach it with great like heaviness. It is. It's so sad. And I always go, why can't they see? Why don't they understand? Why is, you know, it's always those why questions. But then it brings me comfort when I see things in this world that I keep going, why is this happening? Why are we? And then I'm just like, that's the brokenness of the world that we're in. So again, mm-hmm. it's always just an example. I almost every day, probably not every day, but almost every day I go, yeah, this is why scripture makes sense because it all relates back This is not something that was written, put away, dust on shelves, and doesn't make any sense anymore. It all still makes sense and is relevant to everything that happens today. So that's one of the things that I love about it. But it is really heavy. Anyone else? That is emotional to read. Um, But I think I get even more, um, I won't say distracted, but I'm just just so impressed with, so humbled by his prayers before he went to the cross. It it just, every time I read them, I think, what kind of heart was that? What kind of love is that? You know, yeah. like knowing what he knew and where he was headed and what it was going to be like. He prays for the disciples and he prays for us. Mm-hmm. And he prays, that just. Emotional. It, yeah. it really, mm-hmm. and it's a, what a wonderful model of how we're supposed to treat each other. Yeah. I think of even yeah. so, so such in a minor way, like <laughs> might sound silly, but how much, cause when I know I go to the dentist, I know what I'm going through. Right. <laughs> and I'm sweating and I'm whining that I have to go. And what he knew he was going through was in no way, shape or form anything. And I know how much I stress about 
doing things that are going to cause pain, discomfort, dislike. And he knew that he, I mean, maybe not exact details, but he knew what he was going to go through. He knew he was being separated from the father and he still did it for all of us. So if we go over some of his steps, he gets arrested because Judas betrayed him and he is arrested and Peter tries to cut off the one cuts off the one guy's ear. And even in that, so if you guys read some of the scripture that's here, Peter cuts off someone's ear. And does you guys remember what Jesus does? Puts it back. Yes. Puts it. He heals it. And they still take him in. They still take him in. So they see a healing right in front of them. And they still take them in. So I think to myself, nothing could deter these guys. I love that Jesus says to Peter, put your sword into the sheath. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? Yep. Which is the, it's him telling, like, this is gonna happen. This is happening. Anyway, <laughs> it's happening. Yeah. Yeah. So he gets arrested and he goes to the chief priests and the elders, which are the people that are in charge of the nation of Israel. And they question him. They mock him. They spit on him. And um, he's silent. And then they send him to her. So they say he blasphemies and they want to condemn him to death and then they send him to Pilate and I love that Pilate's consistently like I see no guilt in him like I see nothing in him that I can condemn him and I'm just always baffled and why did you do it and obviously it was to fulfill prophecy but why did you do it you see nothing in him that can condemn him uh, and then so then he tries to send him to Herod because he can't find anything. He sends him to Herod. So he goes through all of these because he's innocent, obviously. So he goes through all these places and then they bring him back to Pilate and they scourge him. And so this is just a really rough day. Thinking on that, he probably never sleeps because he's arrested at night, condemned in the morning. And so he probably never sleeps. And so just reflecting on what that would be like. What are your thoughts? Heavy hearts. Well, it's not like it's not even remotely like but the only thing that I can imagine is you have to go through labor you know the baby's coming but you got to do the labor part like you can't say push it back and I'll get back to you next year (laughs) so take something like that like how you feel knowing oh god I gotta go through this labor though you know, so you're always excited about this baby coming, but then you're thinking, oh, this labor, man. Put an exponent on that, mm. you know, like yeah. many times mm. larger than that. That's where I think he might have yeah. been. Like, I know, I, ha- I know what's going to be on the other side of this. Yeah. And so after he comes back to Pilate, I know, Amy, I have you doing the last reading for us. After he comes back to Pilate, um, if you could read John 18, 39 through 19, 15. But you have a custom that I should release one man for you at the Passover. So do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? They cried out again, not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. Chapter 19. Then Pilate took Jesus and flogged him, and the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head and arrayed him in a purple robe. They came up to him saying, Hail, king of the Jews, and struck him with their hands. Pilate went out again and said to them, See, I am bringing him out to you, that you may know that I find no guilt in him. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Behold the man. When the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, 
Take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and according to that law, he ought to die because he has made himself the son of God. When Pilate heard this statement, he was even more afraid. He entered the headquarters again and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said to him, You will not speak to me. Do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? Jesus answered him, You would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. From then on, Pilate sought to release him, but the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. So when Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at a place called the Stone Pavement, and in Aramaic, Gabbath, Gabbatha. Now, it was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. He said to the Jews, Behold your king. They cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar. Thank you. That was John eighteen thirty nine through nineteen fifteen. There's so much in there. I want to kind of start at the beginning mm. where he says, uh, this is Pilate speaking. Do you wish that I release for you the king of the Jews? Do you think it's ironic that he called him the king of the Jews? Like, what are your thoughts that he yeah. had? No, I think that he was speaking truth to them mm-hmm. that they didn't see. He, he, was, he, he was their king. He is our king. Yeah. Pilate saw who he was. He also later said, I find no fault in him. He's tell- he is who he says he is. Saying to him, like, look, you should see this. He's given you evidence, but you don't see it. Yeah. I'm telling you as an outsider, I see it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. I think that that is so telling that he says, and he says it more than once. Mm-hmm. And then we see right after that, they dress him like a king. Yep. Mocking, but they dress him like Mocking, a king. yes. And so I think it's just, yeah, you're an outsider looking in says on more than one occasion that he's the king mm-hmm. of the Jews. And I believe where... Uh, on his headstone it says king of the jews and so it's so fascinating how things line up like that like it's this is when my brain is always just exploding because that's exactly what he is they condemned him and yet an outsider said i know exactly who he is to you guys and, and it's still speaking a little bit of prophecy because through his resurrection yeah like he's, he's king of the jews but it's also god showing his authority over everyone because mm-hmm. of his resurrection we're all united, the Jews and the Gentiles. Yeah. And so he's saying, as, as a Gentile, yeah. I'm, I, I believe. Mm-hmm. So then why do you think that Pilate scourged him? That I didn't understand. Because he's, he's showing, he, yeah. he understands, he knows who he is. So why, why is he rejecting him? Because mm-hmm. so that's his own rejection. Yeah, I feel like he did that just to give, give the people a little something. You know, okay, all right, you want, you want crucified? I'll do this. That should be good enough. Mm-hmm. And... I don't know if that's true or not, but Caesar. I, I don't think he wanted to answer to Caesar. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit like what we were talking about earlier. Um, do you do what you know is right, yeah. or do you color within the lines? Mm-hmm. And he decided to color within the lines. He's like, well, I know who he is, like you just said, but I don't want to answer to Caesar. Mm-hmm. So he made his choice. 
and he also tried to avoid it. I'm going to hand him over to Herod and let mm-hmm. Herod deal with it. If yes. Herod will do, if Herod yeah, will do yeah. it, I don't even have to worry about it. Yep. Right. Well, everyone consistently washed their hands of it because the Israelites did the same thing. They were like, we're going to give you, to, we're not going to do it. We're going to give them to you yeah. and make you do it. And Pilate was like, no, I'm going to make Herod do it. And Herod <laughs> was like, no, I'm going to make you do right, it. Right. So they all kept passing him on from person to person and because no one wanted to do it. Yeah. No one wanted their bl- his blood on their hands, which is understandable. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree with you that um, they were trying to pacify, mm. trying to pacify yes. the people and maybe even that they wouldn't then condemn him to death mm-hmm. if they pacified him by scourging him. Because that was something I could never understand either. Right. If Pilate says right before he scourges him, I don't find any guilt in him. So then why would you punish him? So it can only be his fear of man. Yeah. Yeah. Or it could possibly be, I should say, his yeah. fear of man that would cause him to do that. Mm. Yeah. And then everyone is out mocking him. And then one of the other things that stood out to me is where he says... Uh, Pilate says to him, you know, he's, he's obviously engaging him, trying to get him to talk, trying to get him to prove his innocence so he can let him go. And he says, do you know that I have this authority over you? And Jesus says, you would have no authority over me unless it had been given you from yes. above. Mm. And part of me questions, well, is that the reason that he, that he also was hesitant? Like he doesn't, he wants to release him, but the authority that he has from heaven doesn't allow him to. Mm. Because the Father's will is for Jesus to be crucified yeah. so he can be resurrected. So right. if Pilate were to resist that urge mm. and to go ahead and resist mm. the will of God, we wouldn't re- even be sitting here having this conversation because Jesus had to be crucified. Truthfully, if he did do that, God's will would have been done somehow, yeah, some way. God would have found another way. <laughs> right. right. It right. would have happened. But... You're right. But it's God's way of saying like, this has to be, yeah. even if you yeah. don't want to, he had to submit to right. it. But this whole idea of, right, like God doesn't cause you to sin, right? Right. Your sin is your own, right, Pilate? Yeah, we do that all over. Made this choice. <laughs> ourselves. Right, right. <laughs> Pilate made this choice to do this. And yet it was not only just a prophecy, but God's will that Jesus come and be crucified wow. for us. Yeah. So, but we don't want to say that God caused him to sin. But we also know that it was part of his plan to be in there. So he used it. Yeah. He used, he he used, used it. Sin. Yes. Right, yeah. right, right. And he does that in our lives every day. Mm-hmm. He uses. He will use everything mm-hmm. for his good. Mm-hmm. And then following that, this is another one of my lines that I love. For this reason, he who delivered me has the greater sin. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. And what does that mean to us is as believers talk, and followers? talking about Judas? First of all, I I believe he's talking about Judas and I believe he's talking about the Israelites because many people delivered him. Remember, there were a lot of people shouting to crucify him Mm -hmm. and they were the Israelites, the people, the Jewish people. So right there is he's talking to Pilate right there. Mm -hmm. So he's saying that Pilate's sin dwarfs in comparison to the sin of is that what he's he says? He doesn't necessarily say it dwarfs, but he says those who deliver had. Yeah, in a way, he does because he says those who delivered me have the greater sin because they delivered one of their people to be crucified, to be crucified mm-hmm. as opposed to protecting him. And and look who they let go. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. What's it? You, give us a little bit of information on who they let go. Uh, Barabbas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was a bad guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you remember how he was a bad guy? Do any of you remember why why and how he was a bad guy? He was an insurrectionist. 
So he caused uproar politically, which is one of the reasons people got crucified. So people got crucified for major political mm. upset. And it was one of the things that he did. And they were like, oh, he's fine. Let him go. Like, that was the one that made sense. This mm -hmm. one doesn't make any sense. And so that was the one that they let go mm. instead of him. Mm. So his people did a lot of things. Oh, on top of it, they said, our only king, we have no king but Caesar. I mean, this is just, I, <laughs> all of these verses just really dig deeper. Because yeah. in itself, it's, it's blasphemy. You're going against, you're denying your God. Yeah. They deny their God in that, mm -hmm. in that exact mm -hmm. moment. Yeah. The, uh, the, one who, the ones who delivered him committed the greater mm -hmm. sin. Yep. What do you think he meant by that? I was asking you. Oh, so he I, came for his people first. They were first. The Israelites were the ones that he came for. Right. Because they didn't accept him, he came out and then allowed all of us. So we got a blessing because they didn't accept him and because they didn't understand and recognize who he was. And so those who know and should see mm. have a greater responsibility, right? And so this even makes me think of us and what's to come, that we have this burden and responsibility on recognizing that when it comes because we can't be blind to it because he's given us, he says constantly, he's given us all we need to know. And so he, he shows us and tells us that there is a, a big burden on those he's given this gift to. There's mm. a big responsibility. And so they're bearing the greater sin because he went in front of them. He showed them miracles. He fulfilled prophecies. He fulfilled scriptures and they went, Nope, we don't want you. Mm. So I just like, to me that lays heavy on me as a believer. Yeah, it does. It, it, there's some... And then turn away. Yeah. Yep. It does not go well for yeah. you. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. We could go down a huge rabbit hole with that mm -hmm. one because if you really have tasted Christ, how could you really ever turn away? And that's it. They didn't yeah. see him. They really didn't see, even though you, they were given a picture of who he's supposed to be, they didn't see him for who he was. So we, and, and I read, I know uh, Mark was something I just did recently and read over and over where he says, you know, to be diligent, to, you know, stand at the gate, to make sure that we're, be alert, right? Be on your guard, be alert. And so that's something that he constantly wants for us. And it was what he wanted for them as well. Because he told them the same things. And when Christ came, they weren't. They weren't aware of who he was and they handed him over. So we bear a great burden. Does that make sense? It no. does indeed. Right. Yes, yes, it does. Right. So let's reflect on the cross. What does this mean? What does this gift? We're going to end today, unfortunately, with his death. The hope is both in his death and his resurrection. They both fulfill prophecy. They both fulfill what he promised us. And so what does, his, what does this death mean in reality, right? Why did he take this cup? What does that mean? And then what does it mean to you as a believer? So part one, what does it mean that he took the cup? What's the very literal interpretation of it? He embraced the assignment. He, he was obedient. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was obedient even unto death. And what was his assignment? I love that word. What was mm -hmm. his assignment? To die. <laughs> to die. Yeah. To, mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. To die, and not actually, to die for others. There you go. To die for others. To die for others because mm, we're studying Exodus mm -hmm. and the temple and the tabernacle and stuff. And um, 
one thing that keeps coming up is the holiness of God and his relationship with Moses and how Moses had to be the mediator and how they weren't worthy to even approach. You know, we're not worthy to even approach our God. As much as he loves us, he's holy. We're not worthy, but he wants us enough to give up Jesus. And Jesus, in obedience, did carry out the assignment. So when you think about it, once again, I have to ask the question, what kind of love is that? I couldn't get my son, right? So I can't. What kind of love is that? Thank you, Jan. We're going to end on that note. Um, And we will talk about the resurrection at another time. And we will talk about the hope of Christ. And I want to close this out in prayer. Thank you guys for sharing with me. Thank you for spending time. Thank you for being so open. I really appreciate your hearts. I really loved it. I love meeting with you guys and talking with you. So it was great. Lord, uh, I just want to thank you so much for the voices that we've heard. Lord, I pray that everything that we've talked about today, Lord, resonates with our hearts, that we don't forget you, that we love you more each day, that we think on all that you have done for us, the love that we can't possibly comprehend. What kind of love is this? It's bigger than we understand, Lord. And just let us soak in that each and every day. Lord, I lift all of this up in your son's name. Amen. Amen. it's Paige. Thanks again for joining us in our study today. We hope that you've found some great truths to apply to your life and some encouragement as you walk with Jesus. We here at Study with Friends are modeled more like a small group and want to encourage you to continue your growth through the local church. If you don't have a church home, we encourage you to find one where the Bible is taught in every situation. Study with Friends is a completely donor-supported ministry, and if we have blessed you, would you consider donating to us? Monthly partnerships are particularly helpful, but no amount is too small. We'd also love to stay connected. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can stream us on the go wherever you are with Spotify, iTunes, or Stitcher. And now you can watch the ladies on YouTube. If all that's a bit too much for you, feel free to email us. You can find our email on our website, studywithfriends.org. We have plenty of other resources that are all free to you when you go there. We hope you have a great week. And we'll see you next time when we study with friends.